0: Hey everybody, it's Dave here and Darren from the Great White North. Have we got a show for you today? We're gonna to preview the San Francisco 49ers versus the power of the Minnesota Vikings coming up next. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, your 2021 pregame show for the Vikings. Hello everyone, it's Dave and Darren, it's talk Minnesota Vikings football versus the San Francisco 49ers, but first, I want to shout out to my old two partners, Mr. Ted Glover, who's crying in his beer right now, and Drew Bunting, <laughs> who is rejoicing and is probably still dancing around the house as we speak. Why? Because But not, mi- but not drinking. But not drinking. Why? Because Michigan finally beat Ohio State. Just like the Detroit Lions, they're once good at once every decade or two. Hey, Karthik, welcome for joining us today. appreciate it, you coming over from the previous show. Um, and yes, there's Drew himself, he's grinning. Um, congratulations, buddy, I'm glad your team won. All right. First first <laughs> off, how you doing there, Darren? I'm still
1: basking, still basking in Sunday's win. Dave beating the, that team from Wisconsin. As usual, we made it more difficult than maybe it should have, could have, should have, could have been. Uh-huh. Uh, how you give up a 75-yard touchdown with just over two minutes left after you've just taken the lead, but it all worked out fine.
0: Uh,
1: uh, so no, how, no complaints. The how is
0: Brashad Breland? But, uh, you know, stuff happens, but we pulled it out, and we got the victory, and that was so neat. We,
1: we need another one, though. Oh, oh it's, yes, we do. Uh, I was saying a few weeks ago that uh, when, the, when the Vikings beat the Chargers I, and got to four and five, I said, very good win, road win against a pretty good, decent team. We did some very good things there, but I'm not going to get excited or uh, oh, yeah. fall for the old Vikings trick this season until they beat a the Packers and then follow that up with a win over the Forty ers Then, as and you might get
0: excited.
1: then, then, yeah, then I might be willing to turn, you know, turn around my. Uh, um, the uh the opinion i have of this team as being underachieving and and not uh really going to go anywhere um yeah that that's that is like you said got to get another win this tomorrow is that other win get to six and five get over 500 for the first time in the year and then you've got the lions next week on the road uh and yeah it's it things are set up pretty good for the Vikings.
0: Yeah, just enough to reel us in and then let us down hard.
1: All right. Um, Let's, whoops,
0: talk about this game. Let me get to where I need to be. We have... All right. The Vikings at the 49ers played in Santa Clara, California. Going to be a beautiful day tomorrow. Uh, Game starts at like 325, something like that. It's It's the afternoon game. Um the only people that get to watch it live are in the West Coast Bay Area and Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Bits of Iowa, etc. Everybody else is stuck with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and the Packers. I looked. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> I'll be streaming it tomorrow uh, because that's the only way I could do it. Both teams are five and five. Both teams started out 3-5 and and have won their last two to get to this point. Both teams, when it comes to playoffs, have playoff implications rolling on it. Currently, um, there's your standings. Minnesota, if it ended today, would be the sixth seed. San Francisco would be the seventh. This moves tomorrow greatly. Um, depending on who who wins and who loses, and the other team's percentage of getting there will go down dramatically. Uh, so, with that, it's time to start. <laughs> David Rinaldi, yes, D-line's huge problem. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> David, again, Joe Buck I agree, yes. Uh, Viking Jerome, welcome to the house. David's making some good points. Yes. All right, let's get this thing rolling. We normally start out with the stats, deep stats, and today will be no different. Let's look at the Vikings' offense versus their defense. Here are your numbers. From PFF, we're ranked 10th on offense. Football Outsiders, 9th. Elias, uh the variety seventh in yards eighth in passing eleventh in rushing which surprised me and only 15th in points got to get those points up people their defense last week helped their defense is decent um overall pff has them seventh outsiders eleventh um and then you get to yards passing and rushing here according to this um they give up a lot, a lot of yards rushing, and which is good and bad for us tomorrow. We'll see how that plays in. They are favored by three at home. Is there anything on the offense, our offensive slide, their defensive slide, you want to hit on real quick, Darren?
1: Yeah, the big thing there is that um... – Although Elias is not in agreement with uh, football outsiders on it, but it it looks like uh, the Vikings' uh, strength this year is uh, passing the ball, even though uh, even though Cook is I think he's top five rushing right now in the league, maybe a little bit little bit more, uh, and he, and he's missed a couple of games, but the the analytics folks don't like our our run offense very much this year, and it's been a lot because uh, I think because of poor. Uh, offensive line blocking for the run uh, cook and Madison and whoever is in there are having to make a lot of the hay on their own and not getting much help from the offensive line on, on, on with the run blocking uh, so the, the, really the what it looks like is that the Vikings with Justin Jefferson rolling right now Adam Thielen being the solid number two guy but not making the big plays but making plays and then Tyler Conklin is uh been solid at tight end kj osborne's disappeared a bit the past three or four games but he makes a big catch pretty much every game it seems but offensively the pass offense the new push it downfield pass offense that is a looks like a you know a uh, that looks like a uh, an advantage for the mm-hmm. vikings and something they can exploit particularly because the the 49ers Uh, defensive backfield is not overly strong. Jimmy Ward's a good player, but they lost Jason Verrett to injury. Surprise, surprise at the beginning of the year. Uh, They've got a lot of guys in there that really aren't too much to write home about. That's where you see the big uh, advantage or the the thing that the Vikings could potentially really capitalize on if they continue with uh, being able to make big plays, pushing the ball downfield, with Kirk Cousins throwing to mostly Justin Jefferson, but other guys as well. Uh, The other thing that kind of sticks out is that the 49ers um, aren't getting a lot of turnovers, very few. uh, And uh, turnovers, you know, can be a big swing in the game. Meanwhile, the Vikings offense has not been turning the ball over, although there is some luck involved in that. The last two weeks, we've gotten a bit lucky, I yes. think, particularly oh, last week. We had an inter, you know, interception deep in Green Bay territory. They got called back on a helmet-to-helmet call. It was a penalty. It was a, penalty, well, it was but a still, call. I
0: mean, it was legit.
1: Yeah, it was legit, but, but that happened. Uh, maybe if the ref doesn't see that, it's mm-hmm. you know, that that interception happens. Uh Savage dropped that interception late in the last drive and uh and you know there was the fumble by cousins that Darisa pounced on. Luckily that could have, you know, that could have easily been, been disastrous. Uh, mm-hmm. That could have been disastrous. So the Vikings got a bit lucky on the turnover luck last week. And uh that's kind of some of the, the the bit of the uh, again, the risk reward that you get. When you hold on to the ball longer, uh, trying to make deeper throws down the field, if A, you need your pass protection to be uh, on point and hold up so those longer routes can develop, and B, uh, sometimes you got to throw to a receiver who's not necessarily open and hope, trust that he makes a play. And that's been happening the past two weeks, but sometimes it can lead, if a DB makes a good play, you get an interception. Uh, So. You know, um, and we'll risk talk, reward
0: is there. We'll talk more about that offensive line later in the show because that's going to be one of those keys to the game. We always talk about.
1: Yeah, All right. I think the, the, the concerning thing is um, just one last thing, Dave. Is the concerning thing is that I really think that in order to allow those offensive those mm-hmm. deep passes to occur, we have to have a, a running game that's at least a threat and not getting stuffed. Cook cook has to be effective, like he was last week, particularly in the second half. Uh, And if they totally shut him down and make us one-dimensional, I think that's going to be a big problem for us.
0: Okay, now we flip the script. Here we have Vikings on defense, Niners on offense. Uh, PFF isn't as happy with our defense. They show us 19th, which when it comes to gut feeling, that seems about right to me. Uh, Vikings offense, or Niners offense at 11th. Football Outsiders 13th overall. And they have their lot higher on that Niners offense at number 4. Then we get into the Eli- Elias numbers. Your general box score stats. And you can see the Vikings don't fare so well in just about all those categories on defense, except for when it gets down to sacks. However, our biggest pass rushers are not going to be present Sunday, so this (laughs) is going to be interesting. Um, We're also, we get a fair amount of turnovers on defense. Uh, Sacks allowed. Uh, Niners are higher than I thought they would be. They've allowed 19 sacks, and they've given up 14 turnovers. Um, Yes, Niners' six sickness. All of our starters, normal starters for the season, are out and that's going to make those numbers probably drop even more. It's going to take and three time. of
1: them. Mm-hmm. And three of them are likely not going to be back for one is definitely not back at all and mm-hmm. two of them might not be back for a while. Yeah. Well,
0: there's I heard this week um there is possibility that uh Hunter could be back for the playoffs, but that's a, he had a torn pack That usually takes like nine months. I can't see that. Um, so. Uh, nope, me neither. Theoretically, maybe, but nah, that's too much. Um. That's the defense. Now on to the special teams. Special teams here. This surprised me. Vikings went down a couple points. They're now 13th overall, and Niners aren't bad. They're at seventh. They went up last week and they're at seventh. So we do not want to get into, we never want to get into a game relying on kickers. Minnesota Vikings fans know how
1: that (laughs) that gets. Um, We don't want to get into a game where we're depending on the other kicker to miss one or our own kicker to make one.
0: That's right. And especially out on the West Coast, uh, it's more difficult. The team, it's harder to win on the left coast for the Vikings. Uh, Why do you think that is? That is a time difference? Time change and travel, yeah, I think is it. They've only, I think in the Zimmer era, they played out there in that 3 o'clock time slot like eight times, and Zimmer's only won twice. Um Nighter Sickness talks about D. Ford is back and may help Nick Bosa. We'll get our next slide, of course, is the injury report. Here we have Everson Griffin out. Uh, non-football related injury. We know that it was due to a, another mental break issue with Everson. We hope and pray that he is with good folks and getting the treatment he needs. Brashad Breeland is questionable. I don't know. He seems to be on that list every week now. Um,
1: yeah, but, he was questionable last week, and he played the whole game yeah. and didn't look any worse for the wear. Actually, he played a pretty good game. Except for
0: that last one where he got well, fired around.
1: That was Xavier Woods, uh, That was Xavier Woods. It wasn't, right. wasn't Breeland.
0: Um, Wyatt Davis is questionable. I guess he hurt himself in practice. Um, Never Justin, plays. Yeah, Josh Metellus is questionable, which is, again, both of those guys are special teamers. And then Dalvin Tomlinson is on here uh, for COVID, and we'll get more into him here shortly. For the Niners, you have Jermichael Hastings out, ruled out already. Maurice Hurst is doubtful. Elijah Mitchell is questionable. And then I put questionable by D Ford and Dre Greenlaw because I saw a tweet from the um, Niners that both of those guys are going to be game-time decisions. Uh, Niners' sickness could probably tell us more if he wants to hop in and say, um, you know, type in a messenger, what exactly does he feel they're going to play? He obviously thinks D Ford's going to be back and help that defensive rush. But we saw- Greenlaw got
1: uh, activated from the IR today. I saw, yeah. uh, so that means that he's eligible to play. But whether he plays or not, they have. I think they have three games to to bring him back. Okay. Uh, but uh, the, yeah, the uh, the D Ford being if if Niner sickness if D Ford is playing, uh, it's uh, quite possible he is. Uh, that is uh, pretty important for the 49ers because it's you know he's that second. Outside pass rushing guy that the Vikings would have to worry about beyond Nick Bosa who they probably have to devote four blockers to stop (laughs) because Bosa's that good if they
0: do we're going to get to somebody else that they're going to need to stop too it scares me Um, Drew uh,
1: I don't know if Jimmy G getting drunk is good for the (laughs) Vikings or bad (laughs) we'll find out
0: let's move into our first segment that you wanted to talk about, the loss of this man, um, Dalvin Tomlinson, who has been exceedingly well at three technique slash nose guard this year. And uh, he tested positive for COVID this week. And of course, he's one that is known not to be vaccinated. And Mm he is
1: out. Great graphic too. Look at those COVID,
0: yeah, virus, the virus. thingies
1: there behind him. That looks sharp. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, the, the uh, Tomlinson you wouldn't think is a is a big loss, but considering it, his loss is tacked on to a whole bunch of losses that we've had uh, recently. Uh, at by the at the during the by the third game of the season, the Vikings' starting defensive line was. Daniil Hunter, Michael Pierce, Tomlinson, and Everson Griffin had taken over for DJ Wanham. And now we don't have any of those guys. uh, Tomorrow it's going to likely be Sheldon Richardson on the outside with Wanham. On the inside it'll be Lynch and Armin Watts. Mm -hmm. Who, Armin Watts, by the way, has been playing fucking great and uh, been a real pleasant surprise. But nonetheless... You know, losing Tomlinson, he's provided, I think, pretty good uh, pass rush up the middle. And uh, and on the run defense, I don't know, nobody's doing well on the Vikings. So, <laughs> But, yeah, but he's, he's an important piece.
0: He's an important piece, and he's been stout. And like the linebackers say, the big bodies of him. And when Pierce was in there, they kept people off of Kendricks and Barr, and that's what we needed. So.
1: And what I've liked about the Vikings' ability this this year is, you know, with them adding, getting, when they got Hunter back, adding Tomlinson, they brought back Everson Griffin and signed Tomlinson, Pierce, and with the other guys, like Lynch, like Watts, um, Wanham, now Willekes, they had, a like, a pretty good Richardson signing. They had a good, deep rotation, and they were doing, I think, a pretty good job of... of of uh, mixing, getting guys equal amount of snaps for the most part, although Hunter was playing pretty much all the time. But they had a good rotation going. Keep the defensive line fresh. You know, mm-hmm. keep them fresh for later in the game. Now you've got uh, guys like Lynch and Watts, who were supposed to be your backups and, mm-hmm. and the supplementary guys, and want them now, they are now the, you know, they're the starters for this game. And who is your, who are your backups behind them? Right. Patrick Jones, Eddie Arbro, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So the the loss of Tomlinson is going to hurt on the pass rush in particular. I think up the middle where we'd like to see some push, get in Jimmy G's face, make him uncomfortable. For you know, don't allow him to step up into the pocket and step into those throws. And so Tomlinson, that loss, I think, is is a, is is an important loss, uh, and a. and and it comes at a very bad time for the for the vikings uh on the other hand but when you have losses like this it's an opportunity for people and this is an opportunity james lintz is is going to play a lot Armin watts is going to play a lot dj wanham is going to play a lot and guys like that are going to have to win on the line of scrimmage and but i'm not very particularly with wanham i'm not Very uh, confident that he's going to be able to do that. He's uh, really got one sack in 10 games. Uh, Not a whole lot of pressures. uh, Not really looking like an impactful guy, but he's all we got at this point. I'm really hoping that Kenny Willikas plays a lot and provides the kind of uh, the juice and the pressure he did in the Baltimore game. Maybe he can be the X factor along with James Lynch and th- but those guys the reserves got to have big games it's an opportunity for them to show what they can do it's an opportunity for them to show that they have a future with the vikings or with some team in the nfl and uh it's a big big opportunity for all of those guys let's see if they they take advantage of it but uh, i'd sure like to have dalvin tomlinson in there considering all the guys that were were missing including everson griffin like you said uh right now i don't care about his football future. We um, we we want him to get well we mentally. Mm-hmm. We want him healthy, but uh he has thirty-three total pressures this year and that's tops on the Vikings and uh so not having him some other guys gotta step up. We'll see if they can. Um
0: now you talked Armin about Adam
1: Watts, Watts has stepped up. Yep, he has.
0: You talked about uh Kyle Shanahan knowing That his running game is always good, no matter who gets the ball. And we just went over the guys that are going to need to step up to stop this. Andre Patterson and Mike Zimmer are going to have to scheme and coach their tails off this week if the Vikings have a chance to go in and defeat um, the 49ers. Um... Drew, Drew's asking about Debo. Uh, guess what, Drew? That is our next graphic. You wanted to talk about the Debo Samuel effect. What is the Debo Samuel effect?
1: The Debo Samuel effect is that um, we we hear a lot about George Kittle. A great tight end, might be the best tight end in the NFL, depending on who you talk to. But but uh, it, along, with that, yeah, uh, along with the fact that, yeah, along with the fact that you know this year he'd been injured a bit and he's missed a few gains, but uh, Debo Samuel is the guy that makes the, the 49ers offense go right now. Uh, he's a dual threat, really, really unique player, as your uh, stats show. The <laughs> 49ers use him in the backfield quite a bit. Uh, and passing-wise, he's having a career year. The guy is a yards-after-the-catch yak machine, like a real strange kind of wide receiver because I think he's like 6 feet and like 220 or something like that. Like a, not a big, tall wide receiver, but a thick guy, great, very, very strong hands, tough as hell to bring down on tackling. Uh, if the Vikings, and he's he's been ascending this the lately during the the 49ers a bit of a resurgence i don't like this matchup for the vikings at all i don't think we have anybody who can deal with him uh, but we're going to have to deal with him so as drew mentioned you've got a game plan for this guy Uh, i know george kittle is a threat too but if you don't stop samuel i don't think that it's going to be a very good day for you for the for you as a defense and it wouldn't be a very good day for the vikings defense and uh, really, he's almost like they he's one of their top uh, rushers right now, along with being their, their best mm-hmm. wide receiver by far. Uh, but he's the guy that the, the multidimensional threat he's on the 49ers offense, the real superstar right here, right now. And uh, you got to find a way to stop him. And I don't really know what the Vikings can do. I don't think a linebacker on him in pass, (laughs) you know, on on some of those short routes is going to work. If uh, we when our defensive backs who have had struggles tackling this year, our corners, if they're on him, uh, can they prevent him from getting extra yards after the catch when he does catch the ball? Uh, Real tough matchup. And again, I, I don't see the Vikings, he, he's not a very good uh, matchup for any defense, but particularly this Vikings defense, which again has really struggled with tackling this year and stopping the run. So you give Debo the ball in the backfield, and he's been getting big runs this year when he's gotten it, he's gonna, there's a big opportunity there against this defense for that. When he's passing the ball, again, big opportunities for him to break big plays by breaking a lot of tackles.
0: Well, tough, and then passing tough the ball, up. when he catches it, Debo can line up. I've seen that he's lined up in every single conceivable spot you can think of for a wide receiver or a back. So who's going to cover it? Patrick Peterson will most likely have the majority of the responsibility to cover this kid. But is that enough? And especially when he goes inside, then you got Mac Alexander covering him. And he may flip sides, and I doubt Patrick Peterson will, will flip sides with him. Um, so, it's going to be interesting. I do like this. Karthik talked about just a little bit ago. Oh, my God, Jefferson, how do we stop him? Us saying, oh, my God, Debo, how are we going to stop him? Um, yes, it is very much some offensive love or weapons love, and we will see. Uh He talks about Jimmy G. We'll get to Jimmy G. in just a second. Um,
1: We'll we'll see if the the Vikings do. uh, I think we'll see if the Vikings do the the Patriots thing, which is um, try to take one your best player away and see if the other players can beat you. Right. Um, Yeah, but they've got other players like this. Oh, um, they do. Oh, they do. But uh, who do you think is the game real game breaker, George Kittle or Debo Samuel? I would say it's Debo Samuel. And then with with Kittle, you you you, you got to pick your poison and say, well, let's see what if he can be the playmaker today, especially if you can get a little bit of uh, if you can get some pressure on Jimmy G, make him uncomfortable in there. Don't give him the time to to make those uh, down the seam throws. Maybe. That, that, you know, maybe that's the winning formula for the Vikings defense.
0: Karthik, yes we do but the one thing with Kittle and Drew will attest to George Kittle gives me nightmares of Kittle over the middle beating Anthony Barr what was that three years ago in San Francisco when the shootout uh, that was um, <laughs> but getting back to Debo you wanted to highlight this one Yes, and to think Ayuk is going to also be somebody we need to watch if, uh, if we manage to shut down Debo. But Debo is deadly after he catches the ball. Look at those yak numbers.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's an insane amount that he's getting, and uh, I've, I've watched bits and pieces and uh, of 49ers, most of the 49ers game this year, mm-hmm. uh, as well as caught a few of them, like the when they played the Packers, and uh, the guy is, uh, this isn't just the case of him doing, getting a few big plays, uh, and, you know, getting the, you know, making those, increasing those numbers with right. like an eighty yard, uh, you know, uh, catch that, and seventy five of it was after the catch. Debo Samuel does this consistently on every catch. You rarely get him down as soon as he catches the ball, always getting extra yards, and a lot of the times he's getting a lot of extra yards on those catches. Uh, this is a case where the average of, the average is actually quite accurate, I think, and mm. it isn't based on, like I said, a few big plays that pumped yeah, up pumped up the, well, the average a lot.
0: We saw all his plays that he's got so far in all those yards. That is hundreds. Of plays that go into this average and that that's almost 10 yards yak is fantastic
1: yeah and um Karzik was talking about uh all, all the uh, 49ers wide receivers being deadly yards after mm-hmm. the catch that's that's uh, of course that's a Shanahan staple that uh, uh, he's always looking for wide receivers who can do that, and Ayuk is uh, another guy who can do that. He's uh, been uh, he had a tough uh, wasn't really effective early in the year, or they weren't targeting him much. But he's done better the past couple of games, and um, and really uh, when you look at the Vikings corners, uh, the uh, Breland's kind of been hit miss mostly mm-hmm. missed this year, and lately. Uh, Mac Alexander, who is uh, our slot guy has uh, teens have been picking on him pretty hard and being quite uh, successful in their picking and, uh, mm-hmm. so Mac alexander's got to turn the season around and he's got to have a good game against the 49ers for for, for uh, to help out this defense and uh stop the passing game if uh, he's not the only if one, yeah. if yeah. we if we force mm-hmm. if we force the uh, the 49ers to, to even have to throw the ball. <laughs>
0: um, Xavier Woods also needs to turn his play around. Hopefully last week was just an aberration because generally he's been playing well this season. He's going to also have to step up. The entire defensive backfield is going to have to step up because of the front, front seven. I mean, we're fine with Barr and Kendricks, but the, the – interior rush is most likely going to be lacking and so the backside has got to step up this week
1: um yeah the uh last week uh that team from wisconsin uh, Mm um for uh, the niner fans who were on the call they'll uh that's what we call uh the uh the packers because we don't have enough respect to actually call them by their by their name (laughs) but but uh but um Last week, the Packers, that team from Wisconsin, they, uh, they were able to get a wide receiver on Xavier Woods. And uh, Marquise Valdez-Scanling was uh, one of the beneficiaries of that. But uh, that, was a, that was a matchup that they were able to uh, get and exploit. And I'm sure that Kyle Shanahan noticed that. And I think he'll be trying to do the, the you know some similar things there if he actually has to throw the ball. Because uh, the, the run offense of, of uh, under Shanahan is always effective. It doesn't matter who they have at running back. They always mm-hmm. seem to have a really good running attack. You know, yes. Jeff Wilson, junior, senior, Elijah Mitchell, Raheem Mostert. Uh, it, it doesn't matter who they throw in there or who they lose. They always seem to have an effective running attack. And uh, again, the Vikings run defense has been poor this year, uh, which means that Shanahan's going to want to pound the rock tomorrow. And not put the game in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. Right. Um,
0: Beto asked, what was Matt's uh, pick? He picked the Vikings 35 10 um, over the 49ers. I doubt Seems, that. Generous. Yeah. Seems generous. Seems uh, generous. I think, <laughs> I'm curious what Matt was on, but uh, we'll see. Matt is going to be guesting. We'll get there. You know, we have the final score after the game, or at the end of the game, final two minutes, where our network, Climbing the Pocket Network, gets online and we do our post-game show. After that, about 30 to 45 minutes after that, Niner Sickness has invited Matt Anderson uh, Vikings Happy Hour onto his show, especially after that 35-10 prediction that Matt had. It should be interesting, folks. It should be interesting.
1: Um, yeah. Matt Matt might have to eat a lot of crow. Uh, Drew said Shanahan
0: crow. had a tremendous game plan versus the Rams. Long drives, controlled running backs. I'm expecting he will try the exact same thing. Niner sickness, sickness Went on it Wednesday on Vikings Happy Hour, said the exact same thing. He told them they own L.A., they whoop their backside something terrible. And yes, Drew, I think that's probably pretty similar of a game plan that they will try to employ against our Vikings.
1: That's their game plan every week, Dave. Uh, last week against the the Jaguars and the Jaguars are terrible, but uh, the the first drive of the game was an 18 play drive for a touchdown. The oh four yeah,
0: ten plus minutes. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah, and that's uh, that, and that's what they're going to try to do. Uh, they're they're going to look for just like they did in 2019 in the divisional uh, playoff game against the Vikings, where they ran it down our throat. I think Jimmy G threw the ball five times in that game. That's all he had to. Oh. Uh, because they kept on getting five, six, seven yards every run play, mm-hmm. uh, could be the same thing tomorrow without Tomlinson in there and without Griffin and without Hunter. Uh, you know, it's a you know tough matchup, and uh, I, I don't want to oversell things though because both teams are five and five, and uh, and uh, if you look at Pro Football References uh, win probability for both teams, they're ex- almost exactly, exactly the same. The same. They what? have them as six six and four teams. Uh, they have some weaknesses. They have some strengths. And, uh, all right, we'll move on to the next
0: topic. Uh, you wanted to talk how we can beat them. And my first key to the game is who do we get on the offensive side? Do we get aggressive play that we've seen in the last two weeks, or do we get our checkdown king, Mr. Captain Checkdown? <laughs>
1: Dave's still not on the Cousins train. No. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he's been yes, playing
0: outstanding was... for the most part, but he still yes. has his foibles when we know he has his foibles. and, the, and the, He's got less vapor lock. Niner Sickness talked about it. He used to get flustered after that first read. Well, Niner, uh, we used to call it vapor locking. You could see like an old carburetor where it'd get air in it and suddenly... And uh, he's gotten better at that, but there's still the times when he, his risk aversion takes over, and he does his two down check down to C.J. Ham. So, Niners sickness talked about when he was on our show. The best way for the Niners to beat us is to keep their offense on the field to gas our defense, like with Baltimore. And he's right. That's the easiest way. But if Kirk Cousins comes out aggressive, things can change. We can score anytime.
1: Yes, and that has been like the real uh, switch uh, that's been flipped by the Vikings' offense after the Dallas game, which was a debacle, uh, and where we saw numerous. Like, it was basically checked down city by, by Kirk and the Vikings' offense, and we were like, fire Kubiak, what the hell is Cousins doing, et cetera, et cetera. Chargers game, and the, against that team in Wisconsin, the offense has done what the fans, who don't know anything, according to Mike Zimmer and other people, <laughs> have been calling for, get the ball to Justin Jefferson, get the ball to Adam Thielen. Push the ball down the field. Try some deep stuff. Try some longer throws. Don't throw short of the sticks. Throw beyond the sticks so you have a better chance of a first down. They have been doing that the last two games. And last week against Green Bay, uh, Cousins had, uh, Football Outsiders had this nugget. Cousins had 14 deep throws in that game, which was four more than any other quarterback in the NFL. And if you know all the quarterbacks, you know that Tom Brady and... Aaron Rodgers are some of those quarterbacks, so <laughs> that is a, like a huge shift in how the Vikings' offense operates than what it had operated uh, before the you know the Chargers and the Packers games, and I think that that is now uh, that has got to be what you got to continue to do. You, yes uh it there it makes no sense on third and ten to throw a screen to cj ham or even to dalvin cook at the line of scrimmage and expect them to break three or four tackles and get very good blocking and get the first down that's a safe uh way and a sure way to fail throw it to the guys who are 11 or 12 yards down the field and make sure you're past the sticks and he can get the first downs. Don't hope for things. Don't hope for good things. Make good things happen. Yes. And the Vikings' offense seems to be doing that more in the last two games. And they have to do it again against the 49ers to to win this game and continue to get to score enough points to force the 49ers to do what they don't want to do, which is throw the ball a lot more than they want to run the ball. And but to get that to happen. Uh, the offensive line, the Vikings' offensive line, has got to hold up. 2019, the last time we played the 49ers. Granted, this 49ers defense is not as good, I think, as as the 2019 49 defense. Don't have Davaris Buckner. Uh, you know, Richard Sherman isn't there anymore. Uh, there, you know, a few other players. But in that game. Their front seven totally overwhelmed our offensive line. And our offensive line has changed a lot since then, too. But Cousins didn't have time to throw. Cousins had to reser- resort to a lot of checkdowns. Dalvin Cook got nothing done in that game. We were totally overwhelmed. And uh, the offensive line, the Vikings offensive line, has to have its best game of the year against the 49ers to give Cousins time to throw. Um, Yep. That's a big key. Now, last week, uh, I was surprised, but uh, Cousins was, according to ESPN, Cousins was pressured on 40% of his dropbacks against that team from Wisconsin. And that's a key that, number. That is, it seems a lot to me. And he made some tough, tough throws and completions under pressure. And that's kind of been the difference with Cousins this year compared to previous years is that he seems to be standing in there and making those some of those tough those throws. throws.
0: He's the forty percent number is generally as PFF talks it. Uh, very few quarterbacks win when they're pressured more than forty percent. Kirk Cousins has been the exception. Karthik um, <clears throat> asked about uh, KJ Osborne, Ozzy, and uh, <laughs> KJ right here, has been a very good wide receiver number three for us. We haven't had one in years, and we very much appreciate him being there. He doesn't get an awful lot of attention, but he has been solid.
1: He's come up big in in a couple of games where the where Thielen and Justin Jefferson haven't shown up or haven't been getting the ball. Um, and that hasn't been happening much lately. Uh, and Cous- and Justin Jefferson is on a huge role right now, seems uncoverable. Well, he is uncoverable and he'll certainly be uncoverable against this defensive backfield with the 49ers. If cousins gets enough time to get the ball out.
0: Well, and, and let's and talk about m- that. Here, I brought up our O-line rankings. You have Football Outsiders has us 18th in the run and second in the pass. I still don't know how they figure out the pass um, because everybody knows they're not that good at pass blocking, but it is what it is. Here's your composite scores for the whole offensive pass blocking and run blocking from PFF, and you can see PFF doesn't like their pass blocking either. So, We don't know who's starting center. Mike Zimmer had asked, is it going to be Cole, Mason Cole again? And he wouldn't commit. And then he said, somebody alluded, well, if it's Bradbury, and then Mason Cole may move, and he wouldn't commit. So we may see a shakeup this week. I don't know how smart that is, but we'll find out Sunday.
1: Yeah, the... Like last week uh, Mason Cole had some huge issues with um, Kenny Clark um, mm-hmm. and uh, and got pushed back pretty good on some plays. Now some of those plays uh, Clark had a, did a great job anticipating the snap. And really, I don't think Cole could have done any better than he could have done because uh, Kenny Clark was in the backfield before the ball, just as the ball was snapped. Like Clark anticipated the snap so so well, uh, like nobody could have blocked him. But even when that didn't happen, he was still having issues. And I think that the Vikings looked at that. I'm I'm afraid that the Vikings' offenses, uh, the offensive coaching staff, will look at that and say, "All right, that's proof that." Moise and Cole is a backup, and he ain't any better than Garrett Bradbury. Let's get Bradbury back in there. Well, Garrett Bradbury has been doing that. That's been happening to him for like three fucking seasons, and he's never lost his starting position. So I think I'd still roll with, roll with Cole and see what happens.
0: Well, uh, the difference I don't between... think
1: putting Bradbury in there is going to result in any difference.
0: Well, there's a couple differences between the two players. Um, Bradbury's better at cover, calling protections – um, for the offensive line, and just you guys, Karthik and uh, Beto, know our center is the one that calls protect protections, not Cousins. Cousins can change it, but he does it maybe one time out of 100. It's it's up to our center, and he's even used that as an excuse for getting things wrong is I didn't call the protection. You know, and it's like Zimmer said, you have the right, do it. Um mm-hmm the one thing Bradbury calls protections better, uh, Cole, even though both of them get picked up and forklift a lot, Cole generally sets his anchor prior to being pushed into Cousins, mostly, right? More than Bradbury does. So you have that slight difference. Um As I said, I think I'll previous show, we still need to look at a new center for next year, because neither of them are at the quality level we want them to be.
1: Definitely. Now, what I'm
0: afraid of is this guy. Right there. Um, Arik Armstead. If he's playing, as far as I know, he's still playing. Um, He ate us up before and got pressure in the middle, and it's those interior guys, whether it be Cole or Bradbury or Cleveland or Udo or Cole, that's going to um, you know, see the brunt of that. And with the two defensive ends coming in, and you've got a now an interior guy coming in, it could be a long day. Our key to victory, one of them, is that offensive line holding up and giving enough time for Kirk Cousins to do his stuff and Karthik says yes. You know, he's playing so. <laughs> this guy scares me.
1: Yeah, I uh, I I've always I always thought Armstead was like the lesser player compared to Buckner, but uh, Well, maybe, but, but he, he's got but yeah. like
0: he's got almost 30 pressures. He's only got like 2 or 3 mm-hmm. sacks, but he's got like 30 pressures. And uh, yeah. And, and pressures are what matter more. Sacks are pretty and sacks are great. But pressures, consistent pressure is what matters more. I'd rather have four guys across the defensive line consistently pressuring um, a team than necessarily one or two leading the, the league in sacks and then our pressure level be low on top of that. Um, Karthik, don't forget Tyler Conklin. He's just like Osborne, but a tight end, super fast too. Yes, Tyler is doing well this year. We are quite pleased. You wanted to hit this matchup up. Now, Bosa can play both sides, so O'Neal, O'Neal could see him as well. But you wanted Bosa against Darasol.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's, it's Bosa against whoever. But uh, right. when uh, Bosa's got 10 sacks this year and, and a phenomenal player, uh, when uh, – Vikings fans who don't watch a lot of 49er games, if you watch closely in the 2019 divisional playoff game, you would you would have noticed that Bosa uh, pretty much killed us. And uh, he's a guy that's got everything you'd want in defensive end. Uh, great pass rushing moods. Uh, he's got power. He's got speed. He's quick off the snap. And he, also extremely important, some of his sacks, I wouldn't say a lot, but some of his sacks are... The extra effort stuff like he does not give up when the play seems to be over he just keeps on grinding keeps on uh, pushing them keeping the motor going and he gets extra effort snap uh, sacks and extra effort pressures offensive linemen tackles they're big boys and they have a tendency at least some of the non-elite ones They have a tendency to, like, okay, i I I got the first block. uh, The ball should be out now. I'm going to stop blocking. And that is sometimes where Bosa gets his pressures and his other sacks. He doesn't give up. He keeps pursuing the quarterback. If the play is extended, he's got that motor. He's there. Meanwhile, our tackles, or the opposing tackles, have already given up on the play, and they're just standing there watching Bosa run around and chase the quarterback. And so – Derisaw, who coming out of college, one of the knocks on him was one of the reasons that he probably didn't get drafted until when he did is that his effort was knocked at times that he kind of gave up on plays when he thought the play was over. Uh, I don't think that's been a huge issue this year as a rookie, but both him and O'Neal need to, if they've got Bosa lined up against them, they better well be prepared to play. The whole 8, 9, 10 seconds, however long the play is, 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 goes and block, make sure Bosa does not get after Cousins at any point in time. Easier said than done, but they just can't assume that they get, out, get their kickstart going, they push Bosa out wide, mm-hmm. and that the play is over. They have to play until the whistle. Yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that should be their goal every play, But against Nick Bosa, it's even more important because the guy never gives up on a play. And he's a game wrecker if he's consistently creating pressure for the 49ers. I've seen him basically not win games for the 49ers on defensive line, but, uh, you know, against the Rams, he was like, he was phenomenal in that game that I saw, like, uh, and and I would say that they, the Vikings offensive line is not as good as the Rams offensive line. So big, a huge battle there. And uh, uh, we like what we've seen from Derisaw. Last week, he, I think he gave, you know, he was up against Preston Smith and, and had some issues there. But uh, for a rookie, he's been doing pretty well. But this will be his toughest test to date when he's line, lined up against Derisaw. And he has to win those battles. Yeah.
0: For us to have a chance to win, what are you? What do you see as our keys to winning this game? Our being the Vikings. I think
1: that. Yeah, well, I think that uh, we have to do. Uh, the Vikings' defense on defense. The Vikings' defense is, is they're kind of maddening. Um, for the first <sighs> so nice. For the first twenty-eight minutes of the game, they play like an elite unit. And then the next 32 minutes, they play like the worst defense you've ever seen. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what happened against Green Bay last week. I yes. don't know why that happens. It's uh, what now? We were play- 50,
0: 59 points in the last two minutes of the first half?
1: Yeah. And, and then all the points that the opponents are getting in the second half beyond that. It's, uh-huh. uh, you know, you go back to Baltimore game and, uh, and all of that sort of stuff. It's... Um, So I I think that's one of the things, one of the keys to victory is we have to do, we have to play, we have to come up with a way defensively to at least prevent the 49ers from uh, running the ball at will. Uh, Force Jimmy Garoppolo to have to make some plays on third and long situations. That won't happen if we're constantly giving up five or six yards on running plays, uh, to the 49ers in this game. That's the one thing. And I think the other thing, again, is the offensive line being able to, one, uh, this isn't rocket science, but one, be able to uh, block well enough in the run game to give Dalvin Cook, uh, make him effective. Yes. Uh, at, least he, at least he's getting three yards, four yards, most carries. And then he's going to break occasionally. He's going to break one for more than that, like he always 10, does. Yeah. But he, yeah. But he can't be getting stuffed three out of four carries for, like, no gain or tackles for a loss. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the, and then the other thing is that, and if we can do that, that will allow us to get, uh, have the, the 49ers defense respect the Vikings running game enough that we can do a little bit of play action, do a little boots, and throw the ball down the field 15, 20 yards or more like we've been doing the last two games and allow Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to attack these 49er corners. We need bigger chunk plays on a more consistent basis because I think it's going to be very tough for us to grind out drives against this defense. We saw the rankings earlier in the game. The rankings, whether it's Elias or PFF or football outsiders, they all think the 49ers have a pretty good defense.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And for, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, for our defense, we've got to, um, Shanahan loves to put people in motion all the time. Things are always moving. They have got to be able to handle that and adjust. And hopefully with Barr there, that helps to adjust that so they don't get burned. Otherwise, Shanahan's going to do that eat up the clock thing. And we need to be able... We can play eat up the clock, too, but yes. we also can play score fast. And if we score fast multiple times, then that limits what um, the Niners can do and makes Jimmy Garoppolo win the game. And I'd rather have that than all his weapons doing it. And we'll see.
1: Yeah, the... Uh, maybe, I. I this may be a good thing for the Vikings defense is that uh, I think they faced a lot of offenses this year that do those sorts of things that Shanahan, Shanahan does the motion, uh, you, you know, the multiple guys in motion, you know, we faced the, the Cardinals, we faced sure. uh, the Packers. Now they, they do all those sorts of things. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens we've seen, uh, we've those seen kind a lot of, of motion offenses. teams. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, uh, it's it's going to be interesting because uh, the Vikings have also faced a lot of quarterbacks who are, are mobile or, or, or who are very good at avoiding pressure. Even Aaron Rodgers doesn't run a lot, but he's pretty good at moving around in the pocket like that dirty through to Deguara on that touchdown. That was an unbelievable play and throw under pressure. Jimmy Garoppolo is not one of those quarterbacks he's pretty much a stationary guy a little bit maybe a little bit more mobile than Kirk but kind of similar in that way if we can get pressure on him he's going to he's going to be in the pocket uh for us to get but can we get pressure uh the 49ers uh, offensive line they lost McGlinchey but uh, Trent Williams has been playing at a, at a very very high level apparently uh and uh He's been a lockdown at left tackle. At right tackle, the 49ers have Tom Compton. Viking fans would remember him back Mm -hmm. from when he played for us in 2018. Uh, He was, I think, our highest-rated offensive lineman that year, but still uh, not a very good offensive lineman. That could be an advantage for the Vikings attacking Compton on that edge. We'll see. With that, is
0: there any last things you want to say?
1: I think the, the um, like, we uh, I hate to, like, talk up the 49ers like they're this the, um, unbelievable juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Three weeks ago, people were, some people were screaming, fire Shanahan, get, you know, put Lynn Lance mm-hmm. for Garoppolo, yeah. kind of similar to what was happening over uh, with Minnesota Vikings fans, and I was one of them. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they have some holes as a team. Uh, the Vikings have some holes as a team. That's why we're both five and five. And it's an uh, even, very even, mm-hmm. even. it's an even matchup. So, uh, like every game the Vikings have had this year, uh, this probably is a one-score game that comes down late, late into the game. Uh-huh. And we're like both fans on both teams are biting their fingernails, and um, and like you know just wondering how did we get here? How did we get here? We should we should have had this game won. Um, I, I think the only thing, one of the interesting things, is that the, with the Saints losing on Thanksgiving Day, uh-huh. um, and uh, you know some of those, uh, like, that whoever loses this game is not out of the playoff race. Right? Uh, it's it's not. But it makes helpful. it a lot
0: more difficult.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. But not as difficult uh, be, because the four, like the the Saints are kind of tanking right now, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> breaks well, all and our the, hearts. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so that even uh-huh. the seventh seed is is kind of wide open right now. I think in the NFC, okay. uh, you've got the Eagles surging, the Saints are dropping. Which team is going to go on a big roll? Both the Forty ers and the Vikings have won two in a row. Can you win three in a row? <laughs> Uh, the Vikings would be Vikings would be set up very well if they win this one then they've got Detroit mm-hmm. you know the following week a road game against a winless team hey
0: all right Viking Jerome said 38 27 to Vikings what's your pick
1: yeah Dave uh, I feel like I'm a kind of a broken record here every week picking against the Vikings but uh, I'm going to do it again okay. uh, I just I, I feel that that the Vikings' strengths, or uh, and the 49ers' weaknesses, there, there's some things we can certainly pick on there. But I feel like the the 49ers' strengths and our weaknesses are just a tip a little bit more in the 49ers' favor. And so I'm uh, thinking that I'm I'm not looking very optimistic on this game. I feel that the Vikings are going to lose uh, to the 49ers, and it's uh, um and are going to struggle to put the put up the offensive output they've had the previous two games. So I'm looking at this one as, as being, uh, I'm, I, I feel that it's going to be 24 to, uh, 13 for the, for the,
0: the bad low guys,
1: scoring. the 49ers, low scoring, kind of low scoring, uh, again, like last week, hoping I'm wrong because I figured I, I figured the Vikings would have a lot of trouble moving the ball on, on the Packers defense. And it turned out they had no trouble moving the ball on them. Well, I picked uh, the Vikings so well, on this one.
0: Thirty-one twenty-seven, but I could see it going both ways, and I struggled with that pick. So,
1: who knows? Feels like a yeah. I, I feel like a, like a Viking Jerome saying thirty-eight twenty-seven. That seems very high yeah. scoring for this. Most guy likely, the Jake.
0: That's as close as we get him.
1: I think Karthik saying twenty-seven yeah, seventeen. He's picking either his way, defender, is so. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyways, with that, we have to remind you. That uh, about at the two-minute point, we go into um, our post-game show called, and that's the wrong graphic, called The Final Score with climbing the Pocket Network, where you'll see four of us regulars or not. Who knows? We haven't discussed it yet, but you'll see some of us, and we will be talking live with you as we watch that last part of the game as the Vikings are trying to come back on that last-minute drive like we've seen too many times this season. Um, we'll all watch it together and discuss it and react. And until then, enjoy the season. Starting to put up Christmas decorations, got more to go. And uh, <laughs> be safe. Be happy as always. Enjoy your fine beverages. Be healthy. And us Vikings!